This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness, American Sex, with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. Hi, listeners. We missed you. It's been a whole entire week. We couldn't stand it. But happy episode 37. I am so stoked about this week's show. It's all about one of our favorite things in the world. Drumroll, please. Sex toys. And we've got some hilarious listener stories about household objects repurposed as sex toys and some epic sex toy fails. Plus, we've got another sex ed mini lesson on, you've guessed it, sex toys. Ken and I are going to fill you in on some important sex toy 101 and 201 and 301 information that you may not know. Plus, we'll give you the final word on using silicone lube with silicone toys. Hint, hint. We're not going to say what you think we're going to say. We give you insider knowledge on if luxury sex toys are really superior, what the hell the difference is between buzzy and rumbly vibrators, and more. Then, Sonny and I chat with 25-year corporate sex toy industry veteran Katie Zvalerin for a peek into the business side of the sex toy industry. She also gives us some insight on how the pleasure products industry has evolved over the last 30 to 40 years. I'm excited. How was your week, Ken? Uh, my week was great. So we, we just got back from the Rochester Erotic Arts Festival, and we wanted to thank uh, Susie and Otter again one more time for having us down there, all the great folks that attended. We taught four classes there. We had an amazing time. And we also, and, and I'm hoping she'll be on our podcast sometime soon, Miss McKenzie was oh, there. Yeah. Mistress McKenzie is amazing. Uh, and we got to play in her dungeon that night, and we did some interesting and fun coffin play. We did. That was but, kind of interesting. But there was no coffin in the coffin. I was like, damn, because I like play on words. Uh, You're just looking at me. I wish they can see the look on your face at me right now. So I have an interesting story. And, you know, this goes along with uh, getting older, I think, in years. And that I can't remember if I actually told this story on the podcast. Or and, not. and you but know what? It. I, you I know, can't remember either. Which is awesome because that's going to be, I think, most of our 60s and 70s is when we're going to start having more and more because we have memory problems now. I can't imagine what it's going to be like when we're 60, 70, 80, 90. You know um, what? Everything will seem brand new and we'll be really happy. It will. Yeah. And, and so we've we've been talking a lot about sex toys, obviously, and masturbation and about weird things that you've masturbated with. And I was talking recently, and it might have been on the podcast or it may have been in one of the lectures about one of the, the sex toy failures, one of my first sex toy failures that I've ever had in my entire life. My very first sex toy was our family vacuum cleaner. <laughs> now, our vacuum cleaner... Uh, wasn't the type that you have today. It wasn't one of the fancy stand-up models. No, it was like one of the kind that sort of like had like a, a long body with a huge long hose on the end that had all the attachments that you put on it. You know, it's the sort of attachment. Canister, you, canister vacuum? Yeah, like a canister okay. vacuum. Yeah. And the, the sucky thing on the end looked like it would be large enough to accommodate my penis. So I decided that that was going to be my first sexual partner. 
and the vacuum cleaner was was consenting and <laughs> the easiest consent I think I've ever had in my life because <laughs> it was vacuum cleaner. And I put my dick in, started the suction action, and then I got erect and it was bigger than the sucky part. So, let me, so let me ask I got stuck and I started to panic and I'm like 11 years old, I want to say at the time. And anything sexual at that age. My mom was pretty good about being very honest and open about sexuality. And she actually told us about condom use and pregnancy and sex positivity, even back in the seventies. Like she was very, very, very informative about all the different things that were our options as to what we could and couldn't do. But even so still my mom, still a hard person to go to, to talk about sex stuff. And I remember getting stuck in the vacuum cleaner. This was obviously after the vacuum cleaner was off. So yeah, that was a huge epic sex toy fail. so let me ask you was it fun before you got stuck like did it obviously did its job if you got a boner right no no why no that's a bad assumption um just because somebody gets erect doesn't mean they're gonna have an orgasm but no i just i got erect and once it, it was the very first time i started using it and it got stuck inside Aww. and i couldn't you know finish to completion and probably a good thing i didn't because those old vacuum bags are pretty nasty anyways and oh. i'm sure that that would you know wasn't a healthy situation now that nobody i look back at it but i'm a vacuum bag nobody wants oh. a vacuum bag. well we have some more sex toy fails but before we get to that hi everyone he's ken melvoin berg hi i'm ken melvoin berg and this is sunny megatron <laughs> and welcome to american sex podcast episode 37 37 7, 7, 7, 7, 7. 7. All right, so if you're a regular listener, you've been hearing us gush lately about our new love affair with PeepshowToys.com. One of the reasons we love Peepshow Toys is they aren't some huge corporation out to make as much money as possible at the expense of their customers. No, they're an independent ethical sex toy retailer committed to only carrying non-toxic and non-porous pleasure products. They're in the business because they truly care about your well-being over their bottom line. So being a small indie business themselves, Peep Show Toys knows how important it is to support other small businesses too. They carry quite a few indie sex toy brands like The Butters, Split Peaches, and Funkit Toys, which are all companies that are similarly committed to offering body-safe quality products. And to show their thanks and to spread the love, peepshowtoys.com gave our listeners, that's you, that's you, a special discount code you can use on any purchase. Use code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out at peepshowtoys.com and get 10% off your entire order. Oh, and I got to tell you, people have been messaging me saying, that discount stacks. So if Peep Show Toys is running another discount, it'll stack with the 10%. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That never happens. I know. Not only is Peep Show Toys sponsoring this episode, they are also sponsoring one of our two April sex toy giveaways. You can win dun 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 a womanizer, a sona, or a satisfier, your choice. Now, Sonny did a Facebook live stream on these three uh, and sort of compared them all back to back. You can check our show notes for the link to that. You can enter all month long at sunnymegatron.com slash peep show giveaway. Two of the entry questions in the contest widget ask you for a secret word. The first secret word you can get right here. Are you ready for it? It's snozberries. The second secret word 
Sunny mentions in her Facebook Live. And again, the link to that is in our show notes at SunnyMegatron.com and AmericanSexPodcast.com. Our second sex toy giveaway for the month is sponsored by Castle Megastore. Yeah, we've teamed up with Castle to give away a brand new toy that just hit store shelves. The Jimmy Jane Love Pod Halo valued at $150. You can enter to win that toy at SunnyMegatron.com slash Halo. And don't forget, friends of ours are friends of Castle Megastore too. When you use code SUNNY at checkout, you'll get 20% off selected items. All this talk of sex toys has me giggling about some of our listener feedback when we asked, what is the strangest object you've ever used to get off with? Well, shit. Okay, let's leave some of the announcements for later and read some off right now. So new Patreon supporters, hang tight. Your thank yous and shout outs are coming soon. But first, first, we must laugh. (laughs) Now, most of these responses came from Twitter when I asked the question, what is the strangest object you've ever used to get off? So the first one, quote, when I was a kid, I stuck my penis in a penis-sized plastic crayon sharpener filled with shampoo and got it stuck there when I became erect. Okay, I have so many questions because first of all, uh, uh, 10, 10 points for creativity, perfect score. And for color choice. Okay, yes, <laughs> you have a penis, Ken. Would you, wait, hold on, and a plastic crayon sharpener, that's pe- dangerous. I want to know if you grew up to be like a masochist and, you know, really into fear play, and what would make this person put a shampoo in a in a crayon sharpener? I have so many questions! I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. So let's see here. We had quite a few responses of people that used electric toothbrushes, which is pretty common. Now, speaking of which, when I was in the service, we actually had a number of uh, female airmen that got in trouble for either using the toothpaste that was shaped like a dildo. You know what I'm talking oh, yeah, about? Yeah. Like the, the tube toothpaste yeah. or electric toothbrushes. And they were masturbating in the showers. And it was somebody, apparently somebody had the job of masturbation control. Now, one also person also used a flashlight as an insertable. Uh, here's an interesting one eggs and apple pie mashed up in a plastic tumbler why those two things i don't know god when we asked if it worked and their response was oh my it was gooey fun now okay so like an american pie was the movie american pie where he fucked a pie would that feel good you have a penis again i'm going to ask you if you put eggs i'm assuming they were scrambled eggs i don't know but would that feel good if you were to fuck an apple pie like a real tight warm apple pie i'd rather eat the apple pie okay i could eat the apple pie off your dick oh, we kind of did something like that this weekend didn't oh we? it was pop tarts i ate pop tarts <laughs> off, off my dick, dick. yeah <laughs> anyway anyway i totally Here. thought i should have made a pop tart cock ring out of it oh next time a cock tart a cock tart so, all right, I've got one here that says a plunger. So when I responded to that tweet for clarification, they did verify it was the handle end, not the sucky get the poop down end. So here's one that I really enjoyed. I was taking my girlfriend home after dinner one night. We were in front of her building, kissing and feeling each other and talking dirty, but she had to go to work early the next morning. So she got out and went in. I had a boner so hard that it hurt. And I knew I had to release some pressure before I got home 30 minutes later. I grabbed what was within reach, an old Burger King bag behind my seat. I used the onion ring bag to jerk off and catch most of the mess. I used the creepy Burger King face napkins, like the, the king guy. I hate the king. Yeah, Ugh, he's creepy. To clean up the rest. Well, he was the cum mopper upper. I told her about it the next day. She laughed and said, we'd had time for a 
blowjob if you'd asked. So lesson learned. That's amazing. That I think might be my favorite. Let's see here. Now, this one says weirdest things I've masturbated with a stuffed animal, a flute. Uh, that's also American Pie, by the way. It's one time at band camp. <laughs> Small bottle into which I could stick my clit, the side of a pole, grind it against. Okay, the clit thing, I had never thought about this. And now I want to get a little bottle with like a little tiny opening. I think first I like would have- Like the airport shampoo bottles, like the ones you yeah, take through the- yeah, yeah, yeah. So I probably have to get aroused first. So I had kind of a clit hard on. But then just like if you were to take the, the, the circle of the bottle and just kind of like, like pop it on and on, that could be good. So- we ate pop tarts off your dick last weekend. We need to fuck me with a hotel shampoo bottle this weekend. Okay, so here's one that says a plunger, a screwdriver, a hospital issued bedside urinal. I have questions, but hold on. A sandwich <laughs> bag inside a sock in between couch cushions, which again, 10 points for creativity on the couch sandwich bag. But the urine, I'm like, is that a bottle urinal? Again, I'm going to default to the person I'm talking to who has a penis. Ken, how would yes. you fuck a urinal? <laughs> I would say, Lily, get on your hands and knees and get onto the bed. No, really, like, would it be the bottle kind of urinal? I have no idea what you're even talking about. What they, oh, like those kind of urinals for us. I, I think that what they mean is a bedpan. But I still How would like you fuck a bedpan, Ken. I, you wouldn't like okay. you would just rub up against it. I okay, guess. Okay, so uh, if you're a listening person who tweeted this to me, I need I, an need explanation. No, no, I need no, no. details. We, we need details. Yeah. We need better details as to what type of urinal you were fucking. Because if it's a regular bedpan, it's like a kidney-shaped metal open. You might you might I as well be fucking a salad bowl. Whether it's insertable <laughs> or or penetratable, I um, I can't picture it. But okay, here's another one. Speaking of shampoo bottles, when I was smaller and it fit, I fucked a few shampoo or conditioner bottles in my day. Sorry to my sisters and others who use those products later. Okay, first of all, I'm down with fucking the bottles. I get it. But did you come in your sister's shampoo? And did she you, wash her hair? Well, it is good for hair. I mean, <laughs> but that's something you don't want to do for your sister, especially you don't want her to put it anywhere near somewhere south of the border oh god that would be horrible oh my goodness why am i pregnant oh Oh, goodness so what else do we have here pens like smooth sharpie pens it was an experimental game of how many can i fit oh we've we've done that before we did it with with crayons crayons. and then we made the person color with all the crayons in their cunt which is was awesome cunt coloring Mm -hmm. jello mold cake that just sounds wrong. I know what they mean, but like... Like a bunt cake? <laughs> I, 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 that's what I'm assuming. Okay. So jello mold cake. I'm thinking like jello and mold and cake. Those are three words. Oh, that no. Mean, <laughs> go, go together. Swiffer pads. But yeah, I'm, okay, I have questions with it. Like, is it just you used it as a... I don't know. I don't even know. Okay, know. here's an interesting one. Barbie doll legs, the flexible ones. Oh, this it's not interesting to us girls. We all fucked Barbie doll legs. Seriously? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What does it feel like? Good. Good. It feels good. Which okay. Speaking of, does enough, it hit the G spot? I, I bet it could. I didn't even know a G spot. I'm mostly. I think we need to buy a Barbie. <laughs> okay, but what I did with it is I. And just... what's my name, bitch? You're looking at me. I'm Ken. Barbie. Oh, Ken. Barbie and Ken. Sorry. I got it. I totally. It. God. Damn over it. my head. Over my head. So okay, I used them as like kind of clit flickers, like the legs, and I just across my clit. But speaking of other things, girls had that they used to masturbate with. I got a bunch of responses about 
squiggle pen. So let me explain what a squiggle pen is. A squiggle pen is like a big fat pen that you put a battery in it and it literally vibrates. So when you're when you're when you're writing with it, it's like all over the place. So there are really like little vibrators that they've been selling to girls for decades. I don't know. I'm sure they had to have known what they were doing. But one person said a squiggle wiggle pen is the first thing that comes to mind. And then a close second was a glow in the dark hex bug nano. And then another one, one of these when I was a teen, it worked really well for clitoral stimulation, which was a squiggle squiggle pen. Yeah, so we had a whole conversation about like, oh my God, those were stealth vibrators and probably every preteen girl was getting off with their squiggle pen because they're basically vibrators with ink at the end. Why they wouldn't, I would have no idea. So (laughs) the next response that we got here to what's the strangest object that you've ever fooled around with, I hot glued a bunch of pony beads to a popsicle stick and used it as a clit stimulator. I'm dying just thinking about it. I love that one. Another one here, when I was a kid, I saved the wax from a bunch of uh, those candy soda bottles and shaped them into my own dildo. Brilliant! It is, except for those have parabens in them. It's almost pure paraben. You know, but <laughs> when you're a little kid and you're making your own, you're making your own yeast infection. Brilliant. I'm sorry, you're making your still, own UTI. Yeah, but so do your own UTI kit. <laughs> but it's still brilliant. Anyway, one of my favorites, and I'm not sure why this made me giggle so much. Quote: Bag of soil. Very young. Very horny. Didn't finish. <laughs> So there, I thought of so many comebacks for one. I think I responded back. I was like, oh, my, that's so dirty. Uh, uh, or it could be like, hey, you were planting your seeds or, oh, what a garden hoe you are. You know, there's so many things I could say to that. There could, I just kept thinking anthrax. Like that, that's how we get anthrax by sticking your dick in the dirt. Or even an- oh, ants up your pee hole. Oh. <laughs> so listeners. If you've got sex questions or just want to call us and tell us about your household object masturbation creativity or something equally as amusing, leave us a voicemail at 773-MUFFTOY. That's 773-MUFFTOY. If you're selected, we'll play your voicemail on air and give you our expert advice or share your funny story with the world. Want to send an email instead? You can always reach us at American Sex Podcast at gmail.com oh oh and there's one thing that we've totally forgotten to tell you about this last 37 weeks if you want to sign up for our newsletter for the sunny megatron and american sex podcast newsletter it's easy just pull out your phone it's not more than two feet away from you at any time and text the word megatron to the number four 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 nine 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 bam easy peasy lemon squeezy It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. And everybody, I just want to tell you that she put a note in here. I will sing this and Ken will not make fun of me. You won't make fun of me because I liked singing the song. Okay. Hey, Jared, A, and Jane, the three of you all joined our Patreon family this past week. Thank you so much for supporting us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. You, plus all of our existing Patreon members, plus anyone that signs up during the month of April will be eligible to receive one of three kick-ass adult products in the mail. Now, last time we did this, we gave away a Fun Factory Stronic Thruster, a butt plug set, and bondage kit. We've got some good stuff stocked away. We've got Lilo products. We've got a bunch of BDSM gear, some really awesome high quality silicone dildos, and a bunch more. And last week, I also vowed that if we surpassed 40 members this week, I'd kick in two more surprises for a total of five. We're at 38 members right now, so we're almost there. We just need two more of you, and then I'll do it. Woohoo! 
two more mystery prizes and I give good prizes. He does give good prize. All right. Each prize I give away will have a retail value of no less than $100 what? each. Yes. Ooh. And all of our Patreon family members get access to all the secret stuff in our feed, all of our episodes early, bonus audio, and more. And you know what? A little birdie told me that if you join our Patreon this month, not only might you get one of our kick-ass surprises in the mail, if you keep your membership during the month of May, every single one of our May supporters will receive a package in the mail. But shh, you aren't supposed to know that yet. But yeah. We love our Patreon supporters, and you never know what we'll cook up from month to month to give to you. One last thing. Before we get back to the sex toys, Sony and I are part of the Explore More Online Summit again this year. This free summit is online and lasts for 10 days only. You'll hear experts on sexuality, body image, communication, emotional literacy, and more. Sonny and I are talking about incorporating play and humor in your sex and kinky play. The Explore More Summit goes from April 23 through May 2nd, and it's absolutely free. Go to bit.ly, that's bit.ly slash Sonny Explore More to sign up or get the link in our show notes. All right, so we're going to give you a quick little Sex Toys 101. It's a a quick primer for you, but don't forget we offer this as a class. So if you own a store or another sex-positive space and want us to come in and teach a full two hours class on everything sex toys, get in touch with us at americansexpodcast at gmail.com. But I want to give you some of the things that I think are really important. And one is when you're picking a sex toy, you really need to think about materials, ideally, when we pick a sex toy, we should always go for non-porous materials like silicone, ABS plastic, metal, glass, etc. Why? They don't harbor bacteria like some of the other toys do. Jelly and many forms of TPR and TPE are porous. Now, that may not be as much of an issue if you have a circumcised penis and you're using one of those toys. But for those of us with mucous membranes, that bacteria could cause yeast or other types of infections. It also severely decreases the lifespan of your toys. Yeah, some of those other non-porous things can literally last a human lifetime. Hey, even more if you pass them on, right? So does that mean if you have a non-porous toy in your bedside drawer, you should toss it in the garbage immediately? No, not necessarily. Hey, I am just happy that you have a sex toy, right? I don't want to be a buzzkill. This is especially true for those of us who are on limited budgets. Sometimes we're just lucky enough to have what we have, and we don't have the privilege to just throw away our toys or break up with our beloved orgasm maker. But if you are a person who keeps having reoccurring yeast infections or similar issues, give that porous toy that you have some major side eye. It could be the culprit. Now, with porous toys, putting a condom over them can help eliminate some of these issues. But just knowing the pitfalls of the toy you own is half the battle, right? If you're well-educated about sex toy materials, you can make more informed choices for your next purchase and eventually only go for non-porous replacements. For those of you that have circumcised penises and you have a toy made out of TPE or TPR, you're completely safe. As long as you're not sharing that toy with a friend, they feel great. TPE and TPR are substances that work well with circumcised cocks. 
It's true that non-porous materials can be more expensive, which can sometimes be a challenge to afford. However, as time goes on and production of quality toys gets less expensive and more common, more and more inexpensive quality toys are becoming available. Take Funkit Toys, for example. This small, independent manufacturer just came out with their no-frill-dough, all-silicone dildos, and people are going bananas for them. They are only $24 and just as awesome as the ones you see from $60 to $100 from other retailers. By the way, use that discount code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at peepshowtoys.com and get your $24 unbelievably inexpensive and awesome no-frill-do dildo for 10% off. The key question is, where do you find these inexpensive, high-quality toys, right? Pay attention to reputable sex bloggers. They usually have your back and often have blog posts that are, you know, best toys under $30 and whatnot. Try my blog at SunnyMegatron.com or people like Dangerous Lily or Epiphora or some other blogs that we all endorse. So I got to give this a mention. Have you ever heard people tell you, never use silicone toys with silicone lube? Oh my God. You know, these people will leave you with the impression that it's the worst thing in the world. It could explode. You may alter the space-time continuum. It's really, really bad. Don't do it. Well, it may not be as bad as you think, depending on your circumstances. This is very much a your mileage may vary situation. Now, one of the issues that's involved with the silicone and silicone debate has to do with the early days of silicone being used in sex toys and in silicone lube. And the problem that they had was that the regulation at that point, because there really wasn't and there still isn't much regulation that goes on with uh, sex toys. But at that point, they were using so many softeners uh, added to the silicone for the toys that that softener interacted with the filler that they were putting into silicone lubricant and they would have a slight chemical reaction or a discoloration. Now that they're using medical quality grade silicone for the toys and there are a great number of silicone lubes like Wicked, Ultra, Pure, Gun Oil, Sliquid are all great silicone lubes and the fewer ingredients you have on that label, ultimately you want two or three at most. The fewer the ingredients, the more pure the product is, the less fillers it has. Now, just to be safe and sound, do a little spot test on the toy just to make sure. But these days, you're almost always going to be safe using silicone lube with silicone toys. Now, keep in mind, it could be older lube or an older toy. In that case, do your spot test. You want to be sure. But I promise your toy will not explode. It will not be the end of the universe. You may get a little bit of discoloration, but the great benefits of silicone lube with any toy far outweigh the chance of it having a little bit of discoloration. And I got to tell you, as a sex toy tester and reviewer, granted, yes, I do use high quality silicone lube and quality silicone toys, but I've probably tested at least 500, if not more toys. And I almost always use silicone lube with my silicone toys and I have never had a problem. So again, your mileage may vary. Do that spot test like Ken says, but odds are there's a very good likelihood that everything will turn out perfectly fine. There are a number of different types of sex toys. Now, for penises, we have strokers, masturbators, oscillators, love dolls, vibrators made specifically for the shape of the penis, and regular vibrators can be used on any part of the body. Well, except one. Never put something up your ass that doesn't have a flared base because butts are hungry. And you know what? Without a base, without a trace. Also, what's on the exit side of something that gets lost in your butt? Your mouth. So something gets up there and it can get lost where the only way to retrieve it is a trip to the ER. And although we always say without a base, without a trace, don't ever put something up your butt that you can't retrieve. For butts and prostate toys, 
we have handles on all of those things are already built in. So they're already ready to go. Now for vaginas, you've got targeted pulsators like the Womanizer. Hey, watch my video on Womanizer Sona versus Satisfier. We also have dildos and dongs that don't vibrate. That's for insertion. And some of them even fit into a strap on harness. We've got wand vibrators that are large and look like back massagers. There are external palm size vibrators, vibrating bullets, etc. There are a lot of choices. So when choosing the overall style of the vibrator you're going to use, ask yourself some questions like, do I like insertion? Do I like clit stimulation? Or do I like both? Now, you'll find that most people with vulvas prefer clit stimulation, but some don't at all. But if you do like clit stim, ask yourself another series of questions. Do you prefer all over wide surface area stimulation? Or do you like it pinpointed on one little tiny spot? Answering those questions will help you select the shape and style of vibrator that's right for you. Oh, but then there's another thing. This thing has miffed people all across the world. Ask yourself, do I like buzzy? Or rumbly sensations. Now, what the hell is that? What is buzzy and rumbly? What the hell does this even mean? Okay, so a buzzy vibrator, the vibrations from it don't penetrate real deep into the body. They only seem to radiate a few millimeters under the surface of the skin. So if you use a buzzy vibrator on your clit, right? You're going to feel the vibrations on the tip of your clitoris. You're not going to be able to feel them radiate deeper inside into your internal clitoris. Buzzy vibrators also sometimes for some people cause a tingling sensation. For some, they even say it starts to cause a temporary feeling of numbness. Now, buzzy vibrators also have a distinct sound, kind of like a bee, like they're kind of high pitched and the vast majority of vibrators are buzzy and they tend to be the ones that are either battery operated or inexpensive. If you used a vibrator, I'm betting you've probably used a buzzy vibrator because most are buzzy. But now what's rumbly? This is on the other end of the spectrum. It's a very low pitch sound that they create, like more of a humming kind of kitten purring, nice motor on a car. And the feeling is like that, too. That rumbly penetrates deep into the body where you don't just feel it on the tip of your clit or whatever you're stimulating. It really goes in like a deep tissue massage. So which one's better? Well, one isn't better than the other. A lot of people say, oh, rumbly's more superior. It's harder to find a rumbly vibrator. And most of them tend to be the more expensive vibrators. But you know what? They're just descriptors. Even though a lot of people dig rumbly, I'm one of those people where I actually prefer buzzy vibrators. But knowing the difference between each type of feeling will help you select what's better for you. But what if you're like, wait a minute, after all that, I still don't understand the difference between buzzy and rumbly. And that's perfectly fine. It's kind of hard to get it. It's one of those things, you know it when you feel it. So go into your local sex shop and say, hey, let me feel what a buzzy vibrator feels like and let me feel what a rumbly vibrator feels like on your hand. You can't go try them. There's no like trying rooms. That would be really cool though, wouldn't it? So which ones are rumbly? Hmm, the WeVibe Tango, even though it's a little bullet, pretty rumbly. Most fun factory toys, also pretty rumbly. Even some of the wand massagers, you know, the big ones like the Hitachi or especially the Doxy, 
are pretty rumbly as well. You can either, as I said, go into a sex shop and ask to feel, but if you're not near a sex shop, visit some of those sex bloggers that I told you about. One of the first things they usually comment about a toy that they review is whether it's fuzzy or it's rumbly. Now, I wanted to give a brief mention to these sorts of toys for people with cocks because we have a different set of issues. Uh, With us, it's vibration versus oscillation. And one of the things that I found having a penis is that there is no, again, no right way for absolutely everybody to feel and enjoy the same kind of product. But what we're looking at here is a vibration is a toy that sends out vibrations in all directions at the same time, at the same strength. So when you have um, something like a Wonder O wand from Castle Megastore, it's going to be sending vibrations in every direction. Now, to contrast that is a toy like the Hot Octopus 3. That one is just amazing because it's an oscillator that goes uh, it's a that's a vibration that goes back and forth between two points. So it's not going to all directions at once. Instead, it's focusing and concentrating in area. So it's kind of similar to rumbly versus buzzy, but it's just a slight difference. You know, finding the right sex toy is a process. It's not like you're going to go on the hunt for the perfect one and that's going to be it like Cinderella's slipper. It's nice to have a good variety of toys. Some of the sex toys that you select will be fails. You know, you can't try before you buy them and you might get duped by the marketing that says it's the best thing ever. Or maybe a bunch of reviewers will like that toy and you'll go get it. But you know what? All bodies are different and there's no one size fits all best vibrator that everybody's going to love. So yeah, get ready to go on a journey and to keep building up your toy box. Now real quick, Ken, tell me what are some of your favorite sex toys? Give me your top three. So my three top sex toys would definitely be the Enjoy Pure One, the Hot Octopus 3, and the Tanga Flip Hole Black. Ooh. Okay, so I'm going to co-opt my my three. My first one is also the Enjoy Pure One. It's got two ends, one for prostates and one for G-spots. So, oh, and by the way, listeners, next month um, is Masturbation Month, and I might have a really good news about an Enjoy Pure One for you. That's what I'm just saying. Just putting that out there. Another one is Jimmy Jane Form 2. It has been on my bedside table forever. Now, it is one of those buzzy toys. It's a clip toy, um, but I love my Form 2. And another one that it's I'm kind of new to it over the last year or so, the Crave Vesper necklaces. Those are those necklaces that just look like a cute little charm and you wear a vibrator around your neck and then you take it out and get off. So uh, I love that one. So next, we're going to have a conversation with Katie Zvalerin. Katie is a native of Tennessee and a graduate of the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, with a BS in journalism and public relations. After working for Maytag and in publishing in New York City, she started working at Adam and Eve in November of 1993 as a catalog copywriter. In 1997, Katie was promoted to Adam and Eve Director of PR. She received her certification in clinical sexology in 2017 and holds an associate in sex education from the Institute for Advanced Study of Human Sexuality. She is currently working towards her ASECT certification as a sex educator. I think listeners are going to find it interesting to hear about the business side of sex toys. I think you and I can. We take it for granted because we're so used to it. You know, we go to business meetings in boardrooms uh, with big meeting tables, you know, just like any other corporation. But civilians might be surprised to hear the big sex toy giants in the office, at least, are pretty mainstream. Their employee floor looks just like 
the employee area that I had when I worked at a top ad agency. People sitting in their cubes, wearing business casual clothes on Fridays, pouring over spreadsheets, just like you might find, you know, listener at your job right now. The only difference is you'd have dildos all over your desk and be having serious conversations with your coworkers about penis strokers and rim jobs. So everyone, here's Katie Zavallarin. Hi, Katie. Happy to have you with us. Hi, Katie. Hi, thanks for having me. I hear now Adam and Eve has been a an adult retailer for many, many years. Pre-internet, you started out like doing the catalog. And I hear there's a pretty interesting origin story. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of the company? Yeah, we've been around almost 50 years. We're 47 years old. We started out actually as a condoms by mail company. The founder was um, doing his master's thesis at UNC, and he decided to challenge the ancient Comstock law, which made it illegal to sell condoms through the mail. That right. is actually pretty amazing. So, yeah. So he and his um, partner, they posted ads in newspapers around the country waiting to see what the feds did. And nobody raised an eyebrow and they actually started making a whole lot of money. You know, and that's interesting. That's sort of a precursor to how the internet works today and that there was not massive communication of things and people in rural areas had information that they didn't have access to uh, back in, you know, like the 1940s, 1950s, 1960s. And because of the internet, like rural areas are getting just as much information via the internet. And the same thing with condoms that, you know, people that had a lack of condom, they were living in a condom desert. They now have them because of Adam and Eve. A condomless existence. That's no good for <laughs> anybody. No good for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> when did you start at Adam and Eve? I started in what, 90. 390 I can't remember. It's been a while. I'll be celebrating my 25th anniversary pretty soon. Oh wow. So, um, wow. So yeah, 93. Yeah. yeah, my math's not so great. That's why I was a, a journalism major. <laughs> <laughs> so now if you're if you're approaching your 25 years cuz I I work for companies where you get like a little anniversary gift on your 10 year or your 5 year, do you get some kind of interesting like, you know, like gold <laughs> statue of a dildo for, with like in great, you know, happy 25 years do of service that. They like <laughs> well, tell them that we think that would be a great 25th anniversary gift. <laughs> Definitely. No, they're very generous, though. We have a lot of um, longtime employees, and um, they do reward you with a cash bonus. And um, you, oh, that's you get amazing! A little celebration in front of um, you know the company. No, it's it's very nice. But a gold dildo would be nice too, <laughs> right? Engraved, of course, got to be engraved. So Adam and Eve is one of the companies that I became first aware of when I was in the military in like uh, I want to say eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven, and uh, that was my major source of getting pornography at that point because the internet was not up and running with all of the the tube sites and everything that are around today. And I really loved the company because I always got added benefits. There was always swag in with my porn. Why did they start doing that? Well, I mean, that's just a, a marketing tactic. And, um, you know, we still do that. It works. That's why they do it. It works. And people will raise the amount that they're going to spend to meet that that number, whatever it is, so that they get the free gifts. Now, like speaking of the tube sites, I know that it has affected pornography in a very big way. There's a, a great web series called the butterfly effect which is all about the people that created the tube sites how it came around and how it affects all these different people and i can't imagine that it wouldn't affect your bottom line in how you guys do distribution of product when they came online did you see a, a decrease in the sales of porn dvds definitely 
I mean, for years, you know, DVDs, VHS, even beta, that was key. Wow, that's going way, that's going way back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Betamax porn. <laughs> Did you ever do Laserdisc? I, you know, I, I, I don't remember. That would have been right around the time that I started. And um, I do know that right. there were some betas that they found in the warehouse, and we had a big beta blowout sale. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it all kind of um, came together at the same time when we used to be known as a place to get your adult movies. And um, right around the time that, you know, the tube sites became so popular and everybody started getting all their content for free, we shifted over and we're now a toy company. That's what we're known as. So do you do dildos, vibrators, lingerie, like everything? Or do you specialize in just one particular thing? You would see everything. And we do still sell DVDs. It's just that is not our, our top seller right now. And, you know, research shows that most men, most people only watch adult videos for around, what, six to eight minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So because that, that's about the average time it takes a man exactly. to come. So it, it, it's interesting. Not only is porn geared towards men, it's a lot of it is geared towards white men that are hetero specifically. Have you found that your customer base has changed from white hetero men to anything else when you started selling adult novelties. Well, yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, we credit the internet for a lot of that as well. But um, our, our demographic shifted from about 80% men to now it's about 60%. Wow, that's a huge change. Yeah. Okay, so you started out writing in the catalog way back when, before the internet. Uh, what was that like? Because you were a journalism major, and I'm sure, you know, through your four years or how many ever years you went to college, you weren't like, and when I get my diploma, <laughs> I'm going to go write about, you know, porn. So how did that happen? How did you end up getting a job with Adam and Eve? Was it right out of college? No, um, I actually, I worked at a, a publishing house in New York after college and then moved back to the South and um, moved to North Carolina. And there was an ad in the paper for a copywriter. And I had gotten the catalog, the Adam and Eve catalog, while I was in college. Um, my roommate and I decided we never got any good mail. So we signed up to get the free catalog. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we would giggle and laugh and, you know, thought, who buys this stuff? It was just, you know, fun to look through. And, yeah, so I thought it would be a great story to go and and see what Adam and Eve was really like. And, of course, I had all kinds of thoughts. You know, it was going to be a bunch of men in a basement and, you know, stuff lining shelves and just dirty and seedy. And I go for my interview. It's a lot of women executives. There are all kinds of algorithms in the war room, as we call it, you know, about what works and what doesn't. And I was pretty blown away by the professionalism. And, um I'm 24 plus years later, I'm still there. That's incredible. You really don't hear about anybody staying at a job that long at all these days. So it's good to see that there is like a company that has some level of stability. Now, I did notice that some of your methods of advertising have changed a little bit through the years. Cause like before, like I would get a catalog and I'm sure you still do have some paper catalogs, but like, but do you primarily advertise through the internet these days? Like how, like how, how do you get a hold of your customers? Yeah. Tons of, you know, internet advertising banners, things like that. Um, we do TV ads that work really well for us. Um, really? Mm-hmm. Now, it's funny because I'm one of those people where I don't really watch TV anymore. I have my Hulu and then my Netflix and I was like, cable bills too expensive. <laughs> so do you have restrict? And I actually used to be in TV advertising. So I'm like, oh, this is my thing. So where do you have restrictions on where you can advertise or restrictions on what you can say in your ads? How does that work exactly? There are some restrictions and, you know, it changes all the time. Um, mm-hmm. We'll get approval, you know, some 
8 p.m. show and it's like, no, no, got to push it back to, you know, 10 or, or whatever. Right. Um, you can only be in late fringe. <laughs> you can't be in the prime time. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, our ads are very tame. They're, they're usually fun and flirty. And um, if you didn't know what we sold, you, you probably wouldn't. So now you became the PR director in 1997. And even you saying, you know, because I haven't worked directly in the corporate end of the adult industry. But just from what I've seen and people I've talked to, it seems like back in the 90s for a lot of companies, it was kind of still a boys club. So would you say like back then, that was a little bit progressive having a lot of women in the office, that sort of thing? Or was that typically what you saw across the industry? Um, No, I mean, I think we've we've been progressive. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, because we're based out of North Carolina, which is kind of the the buckle of the Bible belt. Right. (laughs) Do you get flack just from, you know, whether it's people in the neighborhood that knows, you know, where your offices are or anything like that? Is it strange being in that a bit more sexually conservative environment? You know, I think people like I did had their preconceptions. And when we first moved into the building that we're in now, which was about 20 years ago, we had some, some pushback. We had some people who picketed and, you know, really didn't want us there. I think once they realized that we weren't going to shoot movies on the premises and that we were a legitimate business, they kind of, you know, said, okay. And, you know, now we're, we're part of the community. We won business of the year from the chamber of commerce a few years ago. That made, wow. that made national news. Yeah. I mean, we're a big supporter, um, contributor to the, um, the community. It's, it's all good now. So now you personally, you've worked at Adam and Eve for, you know, you almost have earned your golden grave dildo. <laughs> you, <laughs> you've been with the company through thick and thin. But now personally, you've made a recent switch to clinical sexology, getting your ASECT certification and that sort of thing. So personally, why now the focus on sex education and clinical sexology? Okay, well, I've had a little bit of time to think about this one. And I I think they go hand in hand in a way, you know, for so many years, I've been in marketing, and I've been kind of pushing for our pro sex stance, not as a salesperson, but really as a, you know, somebody who encourages people to explore their their pleasure. I, I think it goes hand in hand in a way. For our listeners, can you tell us what ASECT certification means? Well, I'm working toward my ASECT certification in sex education. ASECT is um, a, a respected organization. It stands for America's Association of Sexually or Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. So it's a number of doctors and counselors and um, people from all walks of life that you know support healthy sexuality. So it sounds like you guys are switching towards more of a sex positive business model than maybe has been done in the past where you're promoting not just the sales of DVDs, but promoting sex positivity. Would you say that's a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, I think we've done that, you know, pretty well all along. But I think that's that's definitely where we're moving. And I think the industry um, in a large part is moving. Hey, did you know? American Sex Podcast has a Patreon page? Becoming a Patreon member is a great way to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like, I don't know, funding for national public radio or how PBS works. If you appreciate our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, then you can help support it. And as a member of our Patreon family, you'll be eligible for nifty, cool rewards like bonus episodes, surprises in the mail, and more. Oh, 
and you'll get all of our episodes early, bonus stories from guests, and access to our private Patreon feed. So you're thinking about it? You want to know more? Check out all the details at patreon.com slash American sex. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash American sex. Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift too. If you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing. Castle Mega store. When you get your sex toys, you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money, you'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like, oh my god, give me water, that was the best orgasm ever. I have been personally in the corporate world. I I formerly was a marketing person. I spent 17 years at one of the top ad agencies in the world. And now I'm in sex education. So I see that there there is a very stark difference between the business side of things and the education side of things. So now you were saying that the industry is moving to a point where we're kind of marrying the importance of sex education, the importance of sex positivity with the business end. But what are the challenges of trying to put those two worlds together? You know, I I think we encourage people to use toys. A lot of people still don't know how to use toys, though. So that's kind of where I come in. You know, we're trying to be responsible. I know a lot of companies have moved away from phthalates Mm -hmm. and um, different, you know, materials that people think might not be so safe for for sex toys. And um, I think just giving people, you know, the knowledge so they can make decisions for themselves is really important. Right, right. And I've also seen things like, even when it comes to gendering, like these are sex toys for men, or these are sex toys for women. Like now we're so trans aware and aware that that gender is a binary and people can be not necessarily a man or not necessarily a woman, or there are certain search terms that the adult industry uses, because that's what people type in, that may not be really the most welcoming and inclusive words. Definitely. (laughs) So do you find like that you have had to move away from using such search terms or, you know, where do you bridge that balance is like, but that's what people are Googling and we have to put that in. But that's those aren't really the best words. Do you find that butting up against that is difficult? And how? I think so. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's evolving, but I think it's it's slow. You've been working in the adult industry for uh, quite a few years. How has this impacted your personal sex life? If that's not too personal of a question to ask. <laughs> Well, um, you know, I grew up in the South, in Tennessee, and um, it was a religious small town. And, um, you know, you were supposed to wait until you got married. And that was just kind of, I mean, people, nobody did, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that was, you know, what you was needed to pretend that that's what you were doing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it really wasn't until I started working at Adam and Eve and I, um, as a copywriter, watched a lot of videos and I was like, oh my gosh, these people are really having fun. And you can tell, you can tell in a video if, if people are really into what they're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, 
it, it really changed my mindset. You know, of course, I had access to all these toys, too. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Did your knowledge of self-pleasure increase with you working with Adam and Eve? Definitely. Definitely. And, you know, that's part of, I, I think, you know, what I'm trying to do as PR director. We get letters from women today who are in their 40s, 50s, sending us thank you notes saying, I, I never had an orgasm until wow. I ordered one of your products. And that's so sad. I mean, it's great. I'm really happy that they, they finally figured out what, what works. But it's so sad to think that these women have gone through so many years without being able to enjoy themselves. If you could go back in time and talk to 21-year-old Katie that was still <laughs> in college and give her some advice on sex or self-pleasure, what would that one bit of advice be knowing what you know now? Oh, I, I think that, you know, be safe but have fun. I really never looked at sex as, as something that was fun. And was it more of a duty know, at that point or? Well, no, it was more of a, you know, relationship end goal kind of that makes thing. Sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the idea that, that you can have sex or, you know, just by yourself have sex and enjoy it. And, uh, you know, I think is so important. So you've seen the toy industry change dramatically. And if anyone looks at, you know, the sex and tech articles, now it's like we're embarking on sex robots and toys <laughs> that you can control from, you know, all over the world. And apps that you can oh, use yeah, on your phone. Apps to, and virtual reality. Like virtual yeah. reality. Yeah, all there of are so many things. So tell me, what are some of a the new things that we're just seeing hitting the market and B maybe things that we might see, you know, two, three, four, five years from now that are on the horizon. Well, everybody's talking about the sex robots. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. I just got back from Las Vegas at the, the Adult Entertainment Expo. Right. And um, there were some crazy things going on. The virtual reality, you know, stuff. I think it's almost there. Um, really? You know, they have toys now that you can sync with the headsets and the, vi you know, the visual. And, and it's, I think we're really close there. We were laughing, though, because we were saying, watching these people try on the headsets, you know, that's that's a lot of work to go through for a date with yourself. Right. Right. It totally is. Right. Right. You really right. have to plan the whole evening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I I've used I use like a few of the what are they called? Like teledildonic toys. Right. Like the first generation. And it was like almost but. Yeah, it wasn't it, quite. We, we have tested. The mark. We, we have tested yeah. quite a few of these, where some of them were like devices that you would put on your cock. You would stroke it with a female masturbator that coupled with a video that you would use, and all it did is made the video move a little bit faster. <laughs> right. So, so that wasn't really great. And then they had right. like. And, and what did you say at one point? You had slowed down, and the premise oh, was like yeah. you should keep going faster because. And she was like. Why are you slowing down? I <laughs> don't like daddy. that, Daddy. Fuck me faster, and he was daddy. like, "What if I want to go, go slow? slow?" And that's what I want. Like, you know, yeah. and some of the you know, and some of the people that originally did some of the first work on teledildonics, I know, would couple it only with their particular brand of porn, right. so that they weren't utilizing Wicked or Vivid or Burning Angel or some of the stuff that I would actually enjoy watching. So, like, we had to go with the founder's idea of what is sexy porn as opposed to what I feel is sexy porn. Mm -hmm. Now, now speaking of which, some of the porn that you offer, is there anything 
I mean, obviously, other than the, the creepy illegal stuff, but is there anything that you guys won't carry? <laughs> oh, yeah. We actually go through a huge vetting process when um, we get screeners in from different companies. And um, we, you know, to maintain our sex positive stance, we review everything that we sell. We work with therapists, outside therapists, um, in case, you know, any questions are raised. We want to present a healthy image of sexuality. So Mm -hmm. playful bondage, playful spanking. So no fisting? Um, No. (laughs) No choking? Um. Not real. I mean, some playful, <laughs> right? Happy choking. And I'm and I'm going to ask you some hard questions here. So, no fisting, no choking. What about blood play? No, no, no. What about piercing? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, like you're watching a piercing happening, yes. or the models have. No, no you're watching no, a piercing. I, no. I, okay. What I about? So I've never seen anything like. What that about fire play? Uh, I would doubt it. <laughs> Have you ever thought of, and there, there's an interesting trend in porn right now, and it's going to be completely away from, from the subjects we were just talking about. So one of the things that has developed due to especially young people having a lack of interest in buying some of the commercial porn is that independent porn actresses and actors are actually doing more of their own independent custom videos. That's where like a huge Mm -hmm. amount of people, that's where their trend is doing it. Is there a way that you think that you could marry what Adam and Eve does while still supporting the independent porn industry and helping them to develop customs, but maybe distribute them on a larger level? I don't know. I don't know that we could do it and still maintain our standards. Mm. Oh, that, that's a good answer. And I'm just like more than anything else, I'm looking for honesty here because I do know just personally that this is a huge trend that's coming up because uh, a couple of the factors that were very interesting about this, the whole tube site thing is that for the first time in history, males age 16 to 21 are having a 1000% increase in ED when it comes to connecting with a living human because they have too much access to wow. things like tube right. site porn. So or they that, develop that, their, their sexuality looking at porn first. Right. You that's, know? that's yeah. their first and foremost thing. And they can't maintain an erection or get arousal when it's not the way that they're seeing it in videos. I hadn't heard that. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's frightening. Yeah, it, it, it is a little frightening that and it's and it's about a lack of connection. So I think that one of the things that Adam and Eve may be doing, though, is by distributing some of these toys is encouraging, hopefully, some of that human interaction that is lacking simply by watching tube sites, because we think that we believe we believe in sex toys, first and foremost, mm-hmm. or anything that adds to it, like lingerie. So it's it's interesting that organically your company is sort of like going in a different path and you're selling people what they want to buy but in addition to that being sex positive at mm-hmm. the same time. And and how much of your your business do you see not just individuals buying, you know, whether it's uh, accessories or toys or whatnot, but do you know how much are actually being utilized by couples? Is that like a demographic you can even determine or keep? No, unfortunately no. Mm-hmm. Um I do know anecdotally Back in the old days when people used to fill out the order forms, you know, and send them in with their check, that the orders were placed in the man's, the male's name, Mm -hmm. um, but the checks were signed by the wife or the the partner. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Even when we were the 80% male, you know, company, we were still seeing that people ordered their stuff together. Interesting. So like Mm -hmm. gut and no one's going to hold you to this because it's just like, (laughs) you know, your professional expertise in your gut. What percentage of your sales do you think is going towards people who are using these things with another person? Would you just randomly say off the top of your head? I would say 75%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I That's think so. that makes me happy. I have a big smile on my face. Like, <laughs> you know, we're getting it on with people that we feel comfortable getting it on with doing, you know, I guess back in the day, they might have been freaky things using a sex toy. But now it's becoming pretty mainstream and pretty standard, which right. makes me happy that people are reaching out and using, you know, and, and not even looking at them as toys, but they're actually tools to have better connection with other people and to have a higher level of fun or orgasm or whatever it is that they're looking to achieve out of their sex play. Definitely. Yeah. So we, we have had that opportunity to work with a lot of the great people in your industry, like Susan Colvin from Cal Exotics mm-hmm. and the Bravermans from Doc Johnson. And we've had a chance to work with Stockroom and Fun Factory and Lalo. And one of the things that a lot of these companies, whether they're a manufacturer or even distributors in some instances, is that some of them are making their own line of sex toys. Are you guys doing the same thing? We are. Yeah. So tell us, yeah, give us an example of those. We have some amazing toys that that we do, and they're made to our specifications. We don't make anything in house, Mm -hmm. um, but they're made to our specifications. And we've got toys for men and women and couples, and um, some really cool and different stuff. We have a vibrator that it it. I, I'm trying. I'm doing my hand motion. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I wish it were video right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No. some crazy stuff. We have a wand that's really awesome. We have a, a warming vibrator. Ooh. Um, we have a vibrator that glows in the dark. We Ooh. have the thruster, which actually, it's almost like a piston action that you get from it. Mm-hmm. And then we're seeing a lot of um, heterosexual men that are interested in prostate stimulation. I was just, that's Yay. exactly, you're reading my mind. And so <laughs> what are you developing for prostate toys specifically? We have a number of, of uh, prostate toys that are packaged to our specifications that are nice and futuristic looking. And Are these things that have vibration in them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or do definitely. you have any that have electrical stimulation in them? No. Okay. Uh, what materials are you making these prostate toys out of? A lot of silicone. Are you doing anything with like surgical stainless steel we carry some um, items that are made with um, surgical stainless but not in the adam and eve brand Mm -hmm. and the adam and eve brand prostate toys are that is that a soft type of silicone or is it a harder type of silicone (laughs) you seem very interested in the prostate i love well i I primarily (laughs) i wonder why (laughs) i love prostate toys and most of my most of my job is writing about prostate stuff Ah, so i become as familiar with them as i can okay well um both we have some items, you know, that are softer and some items that are harder. So, yeah, I may have to send you a goodie box. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, that would it's be. It's been a long time since hey. I got an Adam and Eve goodie box. Hey. Last time, I think it was 1989. Speaking of butts, <laughs> Ken can get behind that. Uh. <laughs> so really quick, off the top of your head, while we're going to wrap this up, tell me, let's say your top three sellers that everybody like right now really wants to get their hands on probably the satisfier okay what is this describe it like for our listeners it has gentle suction Mm -hmm. i say it's like a vortex an air vortex yes it mimics um cunnilingus and women oh, are losing yeah. their minds over this. That's one of the newest products out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So we got the satisfier. What next? There's, um, you know, the rabbit is still around. People are adding all kinds of bells and whistles to that. Mm-hmm. I don't see that going away anytime soon. That's a good product though, all the way around. And yeah. there's something that works consistently. Have or, like, have you changed any of the technology on that? Like, are they more USB charged as opposed to battery They're, charged yeah. now? Yeah, definitely. And um, more user friendly because I don't know if you remember the ones from a few years back, but it's like, 
you need an engineering degree to figure out what yeah, they had like seven <laughs> buttons and a sliding thing yeah. on the side and pearls that would like swirl around the middle There's and so much going on yeah so sometimes a rabbit sometimes a dolphin like there was all kinds of little animals <laughs> yeah on it. yeah yeah and then um couples toys couples rings are really big Okay, so um, like the vibrating cock ring kind of. Yeah. And, oh, those and are great. I think the developers have kind of figured out over the years, you need to make this a little bit bigger on this end. And, and yeah. Yes. So those are really popular and people really enjoy those. I'm, I'm glad to hear that that like more and more the, the designers are getting that down. Cause I would always find like, Hey, it's great, but it's not quite reaching me. Like you're getting all the vibration, <laughs> but I need like a, you know, something a little more ergonomic there that's exactly. going to hit my part. So they <laughs> Very cool. So now, as we wrap up, Katie, I want you to tell us, A, you know, where we can find out more about you, Adam and Eve, but also a little birdie told me that you have a little gift for our listeners. So if you can tell us about that, too, that would be awesome. Definitely. For your listeners, we have a special 50% off almost any one item, plus free shipping if you use code USA at checkout at adamandeve.com. Yay. That is amazing. So listeners, that's code USA. Yay. And then where can we where can we find out more about Adam and Eve? You all the good give us all the goodies. Yeah. At adamandeve.com, definitely. And Twitter at Adam and Eve. And Facebook at Adam and Eve. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much. Adam for, and Eve yeah. all around. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's super easy. easy. Great branding. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and Katie, thank you so much for being on the show today and being so open, like, so open and honest with us. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You guys are awesome. Thank Aww, you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.